Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 28 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, vastly approaching episode number 30. We're at 28 here today. If you're new, I'm Jordan Lorenz, joined alongside the one and only Drew Skyberg. Drew, still at college, going to a lot of Brewer games. Everything going well? Of course it's going well. We're at college. We're at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. A lot of great things to do here. A lot of things to see. We're in Milwaukee, so it's been a lot of fun. And like you said, being close to all the sports teams means you get to go to a lot of games. So I've already been to four Brewer games come this episode while being here. So that's it's been pretty nice. And then I'm going to two or three more games this upcoming weekend against the Mets. So I'll be there this weekend. Those oh, yeah. are big games in that Mets series. We'll talk all about it when we get to our Brewers. But Brewers have some tough tests to wind down the season. And they scared me with the Tiger series. We'll get to all of that soon. Otherwise, if you're a new, again, Jordan Lorenz, Drew Skyberg here. We have our biggest news is we got our t-shirts. Our t-shirts are finally in after three months. I can give you the exact date when we ordered these things because it is, we went through Erickson Sports in Two Rivers. We ordered the shirts on June 21st, right? And we'll just give you the backstory. So keep in mind, I got the shirts on, uh, what day was it? So it was Wednesday. Did I go get them? I don't know, but it was like the 15th or 16th when I got this. It was the 14th, actually, I think Tuesday, Tuesday, the 14th of September. I got the shirts and we ordered them on June 21st. So when I talked to him, he said, you know, they're backed up right now. And I'm like, okay, I understand. He's like, should be They won't be ready before the 4th of July. I'm like, no, that's fine. Don't worry about it. 4th of July seems like forever ago, but he's like two to three weeks. You'll have them. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So over a month goes by. It's July 28th. I call him, you know, just to see what's up because never got any updates, never got a picture of what it was going to be. And then he tells me, he's like, all right, yep, you're on the list. Don't worry. I got you. Should be ready to a week and a week and a half. I'm like, all right, fine. I can respect that a little over a month. We can wait. August 17th, three weeks after that call, I call him again. And, you know, this is when he's a little sad. He's a little down on himself. He's like, you know what? There's no excuse. I'm really sorry. And then he tried to convince me to go elsewhere. He's like, you know, if you really just want to go somewhere else, you can do that. I totally understand. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I've waited this long. I'll stay here. So he's like, well, I'll bump you up to the front of the list. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. Sounds good to me. September 9th, I call again. Three weeks after that, I've been calling steadily, like three weeks the whole time. He says, it's printed, ready to go. Should be ready tomorrow. They weren't ready on that Friday. However, on Monday, they were ready. So we got the shirts almost a week ago. We got them. Five or so have been delivered so far, Drew. They're finally here. Yeah, I'm really excited. And I was asking you a lot for where the shirts were because I, I didn't so know. Bad. Yeah, and you took care of the order. So I, I didn't have the access of the order to see what was going on. And you obviously, as we know now, didn't either. So it's, yeah, I wasn't getting updates. Yeah, but uh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'll make sure to deliver shirts to to the people who ordered shirts who you haven't delivered yet. So we'll get that all taken care of and we just really want to thank everyone for having patience with us while we waited for these shirts. Cause it was a long time. A lot of people, like you guys bought these shirts. We didn't want you guys to think you were getting scammed or anything. So we wanted nope. to make it clear. We, we didn't pay up front. So we were able to issue refunds as soon as possible if needed. But luckily we didn't, we don't need issue refunds and we got the shirts. Yeah. Right. And I, that was one of the crazy things too, is like we weren't getting scammed because we didn't have to pay up front. So like in real reality, we were fine. It's just so annoying. And I was getting hot at you for still asking me over and over. But I mean, obviously, these kids want their shirts. So like, I don't blame them for asking where they were. Devin was yeah. bothering me all the time, too. Like, we're sorry, but they're Trey here. And that's Schneider. all. Schneider. 
Oh boy, that's a name. I got a name. I got an one question a week asking where were my shirts. So shout out to Trey Schneider, Valder's quarterback, on really wanting to know where his shirt was, but he's he will have his shirt very soon. So hey, they're beautiful. I mean, there's a few paint chips here and there, but whatever. These things turned out perfect. Trey is not the shout out of the week. Let's get right to it though. Shout out of the week, Manitowoc Lincoln Ships football. They won three straight games for the first time since 2014. So it's been seven years since this team has won three in a row. 42 to seven win last Friday over Green Bay West. They got the running clock. It was a very slow start. Eventually they picked it up, got things rolling. I'll be announcing their game next week as well. And I believe they have a chance to make it four in a row for the first time since 2011. So that'd be very, very big. But Drew, ships football, they're firing on all cylinders. This ships team, I mean, we talked about it last week, Jordan. I, fe- I felt like a couple months ago we were talking about, will this ships team win a game? I, I, I remember having those talks a few months, like when we started this podcast. And now we're season, talking, yeah. yeah, we're talking about them winning four in a row for the first time in 10 years. So that just shows, I mean, we talked about it last week again, but like the production and the work that this team put in the offseason and that returning group of guys coming back for their junior and senior years. I mean, it's really paying off for those boys. And I mean, shout out to them. Damon and Paul say best. This team has a very strong junior class. So next year they stood, they're losing Brett Prangy. However, they're going to be in pretty good shape. They got my Gator as their quarterback. He's only a sophomore right now. He's the backup to Prangy, but he's been getting in a lot of minutes because these are blowout wins for this team. I am very, very worried for this team though. Down the stretch, they have three huge, tough tests. I believe it is Menasha, Notre Dame, and Pulaski Mm. in that order. So it's not going to be a fun end of the season. But all these blowout wins against lesser teams hopefully bring their confidence up. And who knows what can happen. Maybe knock off Notre Dame at home at homecoming. I believe it's Notre Dame for homecoming on that Saturday, but not too positive. So don't yell at me if I get that wrong. I do have to say, before we get into the stats of the week, Instagram, Jordan, Drew, underscore sports crew. We are posting a lot on there every day, every other day. And today, obviously, we'll be making a post about this podcast and our Packers predictions challenge. will be going up around noon today as well. So if you're listening on Monday, be sure to join in a part of that. Drew won it last week, got himself the shout out. We'll see who gets it this week. Drew, when we talk Packers-Lions, we will make our official score decisions. We will lock in our predictions coming up then youtube jordan and drew the sports crew i do apologize jordan or not jordan and drew drew and robert did a fantasy football episode but that is not up on youtube yet so i apologize to the three to five people that actually would watch that on youtube i'll get it up don't worry it's just been a lot going on lately announcing uwgb soccer a zero zero draw through 110 minutes that was that announced ships football been having class it's been all around but we'll be getting back into the swing of things We'll be all good. Apple Podcasts, follow us. Leave those five-star reviews. That's all I got. Seems like we're ending the episode, but it's only getting started. It's time for the stats of the week. And similar to last week, we have a lot, a lot of stats to get to. So let's start in the Subway Series, Mets and Yankees. Francisco Lindor, the first player with a three-home run game in the series. There have been 139 Subway Series games. That's including the World Series. He's the first player to ever do it. Matthew Stafford. Want to talk about another guy moving to football now? First player in NFL history to win his team debut while passing for 300 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Drew, I didn't catch this Rams game, but Stafford to Cup, that's a big duo coming up this year. 
Yeah, the Rams played really well. I mean, it was against the Bears, but I mean, they have a pretty good defense. They got some big names on that D, but um, yeah, it, it was a great showing for Stafford. David Montgomery for the Bears also had a really, really nice showing. He really went through that Rams defense. I mean, I have him on fantasy, so I was really following that game, of course, because that's how that works. Right. But yeah, good showing for Stafford, and he looks really comfortable with the Los Angeles Rams, and I think that's that's going to be a good fit for him this the upcoming season. Absolutely. I think he's in for a huge year. How about these Cleveland Browns? My Browns were up on the Chiefs and eventually let it slip by. They lost over the past 17 seasons, 16 seasons. They have started out 0-1, and in one other season, they started 0-0-1. So one tie and 16 losses in their opener in the past 17 seasons. Yikes, the Browns, slow starters to say the least. Back to baseball. We got a few more baseball stats coming your way. Top five pitchers for lowest percentage of swings producing hard contact. Burns and Peralta were tied in first with 9.4. Woody was fifth at 9.9. Scherzer, Wheeler, and Smith in there as well. But Drew, this pitching trio from the Brewers, this is like unlike anything we've ever seen. It really is, Jordan. They're they're so good at missing barrels. And I think like, well, those three guys especially are like the top three, but like, Adrian Hauser and missing barrels. I mean, he's probably up on this. Um, he's probably up on this list too because, like, his sinker when he's got that working. And I mean, we see that with like Burns. Burns has the cutter, of course, that we know he has a like, cutter, two seamer, and stuff. And Peralta just has a fastball with so much movement. I mean, th- these guys all up on this up on this list. It makes sense why they're here. I really hope Corbin Burns gets the Cy Young because he truly deserves it. They were, I have to pick on the Fox broadcast. I hate whenever the Brewers or Bucks or anything are on national broadcast because they don't know anything about these teams. The one guy, he was giving Burns a little bit of credit, and then he makes a comment. He's like, I don't know if Burns is the best pitcher in the league, and I don't know if he'll win Cy Young. And I was like, dude, look at the numbers. Look at the way this guy pitched. He was flawless through the first two in the Cubs game, then gave up a few hits. But, man, I don't know. I feel like Burns is definitely going to get screwed if he doesn't win it talk about the Cubs so earlier in the year Aaron Ashby day his first ever start Cubs give up or Ashby gives up like seven or eight runs in the first inning it's an absolute disaster Brewers come back to win the game the Cubs did this again not against the Brewers but the Cubs are the first team in MLB history to lose twice in a season by eight or more runs after leading by seven or more runs these Cubs they're just terrible right now yeah it was against the Phillies this time so the Phillies really gave it to them and that's Phillies did that to the Brewers too on Labor Day, which we saw, which I saw. True. But yeah, this Cubs bullpen, like they imploded Friday night. I was at that game. I watched that bullpen. They bring in guys and these guys because they traded three relievers at the deadline. So when they these new inexperienced guys come in the game and they kind of they just the guys who came in last night um, just walk crazy. It was Roman Wick. He came in, which he's actually one of their better relievers, but couldn't find the strike zone and just Brewers took advantage of it and they. They won the game last night, 8-5, so or it would have been Friday night, but because recording yeah. Saturday night is kind of what's going on here. So, yeah. yeah, we're recording as the Brewers are on Fox. The one time I could actually like watch them legally, they're, they're on Fox. But, hey, it's Brewers-Cubs. We've seen it enough throughout the year. In just over a month, this is crazy. The Padres' playoff chances went from 80% to 32%, so shrunk by over half. The Cardinals went from 2% to 37%. I don't know what happened with this Cardinals team, but they can do no wrong right now. 
yeah, the Cardinals got hot at a weird time. And this, like, their lineup, it doesn't, I mean, they have some big names in it, but it's been guys who've struggled all this year. They're kind of starting to heat up. And then we see Adam Wainwright pitching like it's 2010 right now, which is yes. something you did not expect to see. But they got some, Cardinals have some really nice players in their lineup who I really like. And Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, plus you got the guys like Goldschmidt and Arnado. But um, this Cardinals team, it looks like them or the Reds are going to have that second wild card spot because the Padres look horrible right now. Yeah, Padres are slumping. They surely had a tough second half schedule, but they're not looking good at all. And the last one here, I added it, so it's not on Drew's notes, but it's a good one. I saw last night, or Friday night, I guess, when I got home. Austin Adams set an MLB record for the most hit batters in a season. So keep in mind, this record started in the live ball era, which has been since 1920. The previous record was 23 hit batters through 279 and two-third innings. That record has been held since 1922. Now, Austin Adams gets the record. He's hit 24 batters in 49 and two-third innings. That's un- That's just terrible. That's unheard of. George, I've never, I'm surprised that was not talked about any really more. Is he for the Padres still? I believe so. Yes. But it's in the article I was reading, he, his ERA is not even that bad. He, so let's see here. Pod. Yep. Padres right-hander set a new, and it says, it's not like he's been pitching poorly. He entered Friday's game with a 3.65 ERA and 62 appearances. So that's not awful. He's just missing a lot on the slider is what it seems like. And when he's missing, he's missing bad. So, yeah, 24 hit batters in 49 and two-third innings. That's 72 strikeouts as well. So, I mean, he's got the strikeouts up there, but, yeah. Inconsistent. A lot of walks and a lot of hits, it looks like. Yeah, so, I mean, the ERA wasn't too bad, but when I saw this, I was like, holy, this dude must not be doing well at all. But, hey, I guess he's not doing the worst. The date today is September 20th, two. 2021 a lot of on this day stats coming your way there were a ton of no hitters on this day i was going to make it a theme but i didn't and i decided to go with some of these other ones on this day in 1911 100 years ago today uh, 110 years ago today i should say the yankees set a team record of 12 errors in a doubleheader not good at all that's like putting luis urias out there on this day in 1919 legendary baseball slugger babe ruth ties ned williamson's mlb mark of 27 home runs with a ninth inning blast and the Red Sox 4-3 to win over the White Sox. I find this funny that Babe Ruth is hitting 27 home runs in 1919 and Christian Yelich has 8 in 2021. On this day in 1924, Carl Mays is the first pitcher to win 20 games seasons for three different teams. So that is remarkable there. On this day in 1931, Lou Gehrig of the MLB, four RBIs breaks his old RBI mark of 175 and wrote to 184. Are we going to be seeing that anytime soon? Um, there's, I think there's a shot here, but probably not because no. I, steroid error or not, I mean, like guys like Jose Abreu managed to rack in a lot of RBIs based on the guys in front of them because obviously RBIs, I mean, you got it depends on what people do in front of you. So it's an interesting right. stat. So yeah. I think there's certainly a shot we could get a guy up in, I don't know about 180s, but I think we can get like yeah. 160s, 170s sometime soon. But I we'll have to wait and see if we go juice ball. 2019. True. If it's Very like true. That. After this past year, too, especially nine no hitters. 
seven yeah. of them were just the solo guys, not even, I don't know, but yeah, 184, that seems untouchable, but you never know. On this day, 1933, the Pittsburgh Steelers play their first NFL game, lose 23-2, to and they were playing as the Pittsburgh Pirates at the time. I didn't know about this. Yeah, so when I was at Canton for the base or the Football Hall of Fame, they have I learned that a lot of these teams who were that the football teams before they started, like right when they first started out for mark like for marketability, what they did, they would they would market themselves as the baseball team. So the Chicago Cubs, the Detroit Tigers, St. Louis Cardinals. Yep, Pittsburgh Pirates. And then they eventually changed their name, but at first to kind of gain some traction and whatnot. What they would do is they would name them. They would have be the same name as the baseball team. So that's, that's odd how they did it because baseball was the big thing back then. They wanted to try, and they were allowed to. So, I, and they played in baseball stadiums too. Like there's some games I believe in Wrigley football games they did. So sounds sounds pretty fun. We should do that nowadays. Get a get a college game at Wrigley Field or something. That'd be a lot of fun. On this day, 1968, Mickey Mantle hits his final career homer, 536. For him, speaking of the Cubs, on this day, 1984, they break two million in home attendance for the first time. So that was really big when baseball was a huge hit. On this day, 1987, San Francisco wide receiver Dwight Clark's NFL record streak of 105 consecutive games with the reception ends in a 27-26 victory. So 105 consecutive games with the reception. That's a lot. Yeah, if you think about it, I I think they're playing. 14 game seasons by back then, maybe. Yeah, 14, 15, something like that. So if you do the math there, I mean, that's a good chunk of seasons in a row. So that's, I don't know, that's like an Iron Man kind of staff or receiver. Yeah, it's like one of those baseball ones about players starting, but this one's a little bit different. And lastly, on this day in 2013, everyone's favorite, Alex Rodriguez. That's a new MLB record, 24 grand slams for the New York Yankees. So that wraps things up here and moving right into it high school football baby let's start with manitowoc lutheran one of my bold predictions which i knew would not hold but i did not expect manitowoc lutheran to lose to ozaki ozaki is a team who started out the season very very poorly they were 0-4 losing all four of their games really not even close i mean they lost 34-13 to klc in the first week robbie michael was fine the first week but Certainly not what we know he's capable of. Got shut out by Southern Door, 27-0. Lost to Hilbert, 42-7. And lost to Reedsville, 48-7. You were informing me before we got on. Reedsville is a very, very good team. But yeah, Manitowoc Lutheran losing to Ozaki, 15-14. Ethan Menges had himself a very nice game. 13 of 22 throwing, 179 yards. One touchdown, two interceptions, though. I think that's what really came back to haunt him. August Hecker, 19 carries for 60 yards with a touchdown there. I mean, some of these stats, very nice for Lutheran, but that's a bad loss to Ozaki, and I don't know if Lutheran has a chance to win another game this year. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we talked about Lutheran and Roncalli week one. I mean, that was kind of the game you want to win, of course, because that's the rivalry game, but that was both those teams, their biggest, their most winnable game throughout the year, and luckily Lutheran won that game because, yeah, it looks rough the rest of the way out, but you want to go to Reedsville. They beat... Hilbert 42 to 7 in this Reedsville team so far undefeated they're 5 and 0 and that the team they beat in Hilbert they beat Hilbert beat brilliant actually in the non-con games 14 nothing so that's a really impressive win by the Reedsville um one of the Reedsville Panthers yeah that was a that was a bad game for brilliant though their running backs could not do anything and finally they're turning themselves around I do have to say Lutheran 
They play Random Lake on October 8th. Random Lake 0-5 right now. So I guess we can correct ourselves. Lutheran certainly could have that one in the bag. Anything else, or do you want to go to some EWC football talk? I love the EWC. Let's go right to it. So I think the big stunner, right? I was announcing Ship's game on Friday night. Dan Franz to my left. He was looking up some scores. TR was beating KLC for a good majority of this game until late. KLC outscores to Rivers 16-6. to in the fourth quarter, comes back to win 28-25. So a very good game between these two teams. Robbie Michael, 20 of 34, 289 yards, three touchdowns. That's 115.9 passer rating for him. He also carried the ball 23 times for 119 yards with a touchdown there as well. Matt Stefani, 19 carries, 89 yards. As for TR, Justin Klinker, 6 of 14, 126 yards and two touchdowns. They only had one rusher with positive rushing yards. Clinker and Pop both have negative nine combined. And obviously it's Chase Mathias, 27 carries, 174 yards, two touchdowns for him on the ground. But ultimately, TR loses, and really they lost this game late. I mean, I don't know what happened to KLC, but it must have just been a very slow start. Yeah, and Two Rivers has not played Ron Collier Valders yet, so they're 0-3 right now, which is kind of shocking considering how they played with KLC. But yeah, I was talking to Mr. EWC himself and Robert Schimmick. He he didn't even know what was going on in this game because I I want I asked him, I'm like, how did TR hang in here when they lost to Burley in 41-0? And he he had no answers for me. So a little, little worried about KLC maybe, but I, I'm really not because I no. Robbie Michael right now, Jordan, 998 passing yards, just short of a thousand right now. And then for rushing, he's at he's second in the conference. With 697 and his teammates third with Matt Stefani with 507. And then of course Chase Mathias first, 913 right now. So the Who's guy, second in conference for passing. How close are they to Robbie Michael? Just Justin Klinker. So out of okay. TR2. So this game, this was a one of the this game could have been game of the week. Come now that we know because they I had guess, all yeah. the top guys in the conference for passing, rushing, and receiving, basically. But yeah, he's so he's 400 away from Robbie Michael. Robbie Michael's got it practically locked up. Oh, yeah. I for sure assumed that. I was just curious who was second. What we did think was going to be game of the week, Brilliant and Keel stayed close early, 7-0 at halftime, Brilliant leading. Then Brilliant scores 14 in the fourth quarter, winning 21-0. And what's remarkable is there's nothing that stands out on the stat line. Obviously, quarterbacks didn't do a whole lot. Connor Faust for Keel, 7-12, 49 yards with a pick. Mason Benke for Brilliant, 2-5, 32 yards. With a touchdown, so that is very nice to see for Benke. That touchdown went to Mitchell Kotarabic, 26-yard touchdown there. But rushing for Brilliant, Sam Galoff, 20 carries, 91 yards with a touchdown. The next leader, Garnett Stabani, 4 carries, 31 yards. So combined, 157 rushing yards as a team. That is very low. We've seen one player get that in the past. Keel had 96 rushing yards. Connor Meyer, 13 carries, 65 yards. Dan Schmitz, 14 carries, 23 yards. So Keel really just, I mean, the this one was close for quite a while, but then I guess they just got tired in the fourth or maybe Brilliant finally found some holes. I don't know what happened in this one either. Yeah, I was able to talk to Robert a little bit about this game as well. And Keel, Keel really couldn't move the ball offensively. It sounded like they really struggled against Brilliant defense, which a lot of teams have this year. And yes, Mitchell Kotarabic, that 26-yard touchdown you mentioned, I got a clip of this touchdown, Jordan. I'll make sure to send you it after we're done recording. Okay. Yes. He was, there was two guys on him, just it's thrown up to him. He in Madden, he aggressive catches it or something. He comes down with it. It was one of the crazier touchdowns I've seen in high school football and like EWC for sure. And it was an absolutely ridiculous catch made by Kotarabic. So 
just hats off to him there. I'll, I'll send you it, but it was you an do, impressive yes. way to score a touchdown. Speaking of aggressive catches, I just got Madden 22 on Saturday, so I will be playing that. Are there any big differences at all? I know they say franchises changed, but other than that, I played like the warm-up game, Chiefs and Bucks. It all seemed the same. Besides like juking seemed a little different, and then like sprinting, like it took a while to get him going. Yeah, I noticed some new tackling animations, but other than that, I mean, it's the stuff you mentioned, very, very slight changes to the game, but it's Man 22, updated rosters, and you got yeah. Mutt too, so I mean... Sure. Go wrong. Yeah, so that was I got it, and I'll be playing it. I'm gonna do. I'll start my franchise as the Bengals because I love Joe Burrow. So I'll be doing that next game. Chilton and New Holstein. New Holstein wins 29-28 again. A come from behind win. Chilton up 22-15 at the half. New Holstein comes back to win by one point. We don't have any Chilton stats for New Holstein. I can tell you, Henry still nine of 14, 258 yards three touchdowns and interception. They had two receivers over 100 yards on only three receptions. Tyler Gibbard, three touchdowns receiving. As for rushing, Cody Adler, 68 yards. Henry Schnell, 58. New Holstein beats Chilton only by a point, though. Were you surprised to see it this close? Yeah, this this New Holstein team, we kind of, for where tier list-wise, they should be significantly ahead of New, uh, they should be significantly ahead of Chilton, and like Chilton should be more on the Valor's level, in my opinion. But based on how this game played out, I, I don't know. I, I feel pretty good about, um, I don't know, New Holstein beating uh, like Valor's and Roncalli. I mean, they already beat Roncalli, but we'll have to see. I think I still think Valor's and New Holstein might be close for next week, considering it's Valor's homecoming. You never know. But true. I I don't know how this game will that game will go. That's one of my toss ups. Is kind of what I'm saying here because New Holstein should have ran away with this game, but they re- they really didn't. And um, we'll have to see how they, ha- they handle a team like Valders next week. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And speaking of Valders, 37 to six win over Roncalli. No stats for this game, but Roncalli led at halftime, had him shut out. Then Roncalli scores a touchdown late. Valders 37. Six wins. Any comments about your former alma mater? Yeah, so they, I mean, they played well. They're up 16 nothing at half, I believe. And then they kind of just ran away with it against Ron Colley, which this was a game we, we expected them to win. And I'm glad they really did because it's always fun beating Ron Colley. It's like it's a Valders, it's a rivalry. And it's a tradition really to beat them, right? It is. And I'm glad those boys pulled it off. And I got to correct myself quickly. I, I said Duel's team is next week for homecoming. It's the week after, actually, October 1st. They play TR next week, so I'm hoping those boys can hang in it there. But I, I got homecoming circled as a game you got to win for if you're Valders here because I mean it's homecoming and the Holstein they didn't really hang it. They I mean them against Shelton. I think it's a game you got to win, so they better be winning that game. The conference is still basically in tears. I mean Ron Colley chilling at the bottom, KLC I say untouchable at the top. Then you got like Brilliant. Dare I throw TR and Keel all in there and then New Holstein Valders underneath. But it's going to be interesting to see how some of these other games play out. As for college football, just a few games we wanted to talk about. No Badgers this week, but the big one that I watched the fourth quarter of, Alabama and Florida. Florida doesn't get the job done. Bama wins 31-29, all because of a mixed extra point earlier in the game. Florida had to go for two on their touchdown. They got late, didn't convert, couldn't get the ball back. Alabama Gets the job done. Number three, Oklahoma only wins by seven against Nebraska. Iowa beats Kent State 
Texas A&M beats New Mexico, Cincinnati beats Indiana, Ohio State beats Tulsa, Notre Dame over Purdue, West Virginia over Virginia Tech. Little of an upset there. Virginia Tech ranked 15. Another upset, Michigan State beats Miami 38-17. And listen to the stat line for Miami. Derek King, their quarterback, 38 of 59, 388 yards and two touchdowns, and they still lose. By 21, and then Michigan blows out Northern Illinois 63 to 10. So, really, I mean, one of those things where we're still seeing a lot of blowouts coming up. Wisconsin coming up this week, Notre Dame and Wisconsin, Soldier Field. This is huge. It really is, Jordan. I mean, you got Jack Cohn coming in against Graham Mertz at Soldier Field. And actually, we'll have Johnny Tim on for Wednesday's episode. So, two days, Johnny Tim will be on with myself and we'll be talking about that game we're going to go deep dive into some previews where i predict the score we're also going to talk about johnny tim's college i mean he's a college athlete so we're going to talk about the sport he's in right now which we'll talk about it then not going to say what what sport it's going to be but just i'd be on the lookout for that we're going to try to have some more college athletes on for the future nice little new spinoff series we got going for us those will be shorter they won't be hours long so another fun thing to listen to jack cone his stat line on the year, 47 of 68, 605 yards, and six touchdowns. Honestly, I know people are going to hate me for this. I think Notre Dame runs through Wisconsin. I don't think it's close. Jordan, you're, are you I a don't, Badger fan? I, I truly, I am a Badger fan. I love the Badgers. They're my favorite team I'm, to watch. Well, I'm, I, I think this Badgers defense, I think they're a really solid group. I think they can hang in there. I think this is going to be a really close game. So if you want to throw out a prediction right now, let's hear a score. Uh, this is tough. You're putting me on the spot. The other big game that happened last week, too, was Auburn and Penn State. It's going on right now as we record. I think Auburn beats Penn State as well. They were at the start. It was 3 nothing. You go ahead and give a score while I find the score to that one. Well, I'm going to choose the Badgers here, but I, yep, I'm not I choosing them that. because of Graham Mertz. Not because of Graham Mertz. I think he's horrible. No, he's not going to carry him. Right now, Auburn's I mean, beating Penn State 10-7 right now, so that one is also close. I think Anyways. Graham... I, well, he's been horrible. Let me correct myself. The first two weeks, he's been dreadful for how how he should have been playing. Playing. So I'm gonna say Badgers went 14 to 10 here. But I'm gonna say I hope Grammar has a good game. But I'm really confident in this Wisconsin defense to limit limit Notre Dame's success here on offense. So I'm gonna say 14 10. That's funny you say that because I was going shootout in this game. I think the first mm-hmm. half. Yes, I. it's going to be one of those games I just feel like in Soldier Field. It's going to be deafening. Place will be going wild. So I think first half, it'll be kind of close. I believe I said this last week also. I said those Badgers will stay in it for a while, and then Jack Cohn figures out the defense and runs through it. Notre Dame is going to win 45-31 to 31 over Wisconsin. You heard See, it here first. How, how's Wisconsin putting up 31 points? Is, Mer- is Mertz doing it, or is it the running game? It's going to be a little of both. I think Mertz will get lucky. He'll have like a just huge pass that gets going for him, and then they'll have a okay. few rushing touchdowns. So that's my, dare I say, bold prediction, but I believe in that, and I just think Notre Dame will beat Wisconsin, and then from here, we'll see how the Badgers recover. So anything else college football you want to discuss, or are we moving on? No, let's move on to what we got going next. And that would be Baseball. the National Football League. Oh. got to finish football, and then we'll get to the Brewers. I did want to talk about Thursday night football that happened. The Washington football team beating the Giants 30 to 29. We had a wild Ravens and Bill or Ravens and Bills, Ravens and Raiders game Monday night football the week before this. 
And then we got this Thursday night game, which was crazy. Slow start, people said. I tuned in late. Heineke throws a dime with four and a half minutes to go. Washington takes the lead. Heineke then throws an interception to try and get another game-winning drive. Giants get more points on the board. And then Heineke leads a game-winning drive. The field goal is missed. However, they were offsides. Kicks the field goal up and in. So Washington, I obviously they're Washington. They're not going to do anything. But that was great to see for Heineke. And yesterday, all the games happened. Fantasy, we'll see how he did in that. But we've got to talk about the Packers and the Lions. So Zedarius Smith, one of the big stories for this team, he's going to be out for a little bit of time, which is not good. And do you know how long exactly he's out? I think it was a couple weeks. Yeah, and that's what I thought, like three, four, but it might be longer. I'm not too sure. Either way, still not the best. Packers not looking for a linebacker or something, which is kind of interesting. They got a guy off Tampa's practice squad, I think. So we'll see what happens there. But tonight... Packers-Lions, Lambeau Field, Packer faithful, going to be a back in them. I think Aaron Rodgers has a heck of a comeback game. If history repeats itself, he will. Anytime he's had a bad game, he recovers very, very well. I think he does just that against the Lions. I think the Lions strike first and they score, and Packer fans were like, oh, no, it's happening again. But then I think Rodgers comes out, throws for four touchdowns. Jones rushes for a touchdown or two as well. I think the Mm. Packers are going to be just fine. Yeah, I think the Packers, they take care of this game at Lambeau. I really hope they do. Uh, who cares about what happened last week? It was just a rough showing, which we might mention here. But, yeah, I forgot we are previewing this game. But I, I got some scores and I got some stuff up I want to talk about, of course. But do I want to do predictions right away here? Let's do it. So I'll go first. I think I'll go – I don't know if they score five touchdowns. But say Rodgers throws for three and Jones has two puts us at 35 so i'll go 38 throwing a crosby field goal 38 to 13 the packers beat the lions i was going okay i was going 31 14 from the get-go so okay fair I, I'm, we're pretty close that we kind of have the same idea of what we think we do agree happen. on this we think a little, we think this game's gonna be packers gonna put up some points we think it's gonna be pretty lopsided i i mean i i think it will be this line's defense i phew, Yikes. And I Jeff Okuda's out now for the year, and they got they have some corners starting who you would not expect to be starting. Um, so they, very they also have some running back problems because Swift and Jamal Williams were both questionable a few days ago. I think they're both gonna be fine, but still that's not great to see both of your running backs coming in questionable. I really hope to see Randall Cobb get to play a little more and get some stuff in. His only catch was from Jordan Love last week, which isn't the best look, but Rodgers wasn't doing anything on offense. I think we see two Devontae Adams touchdowns, and if then the other one will either be a deep ball to MVS, Tunyon will get a score, Cobb could get a score. I think, I mean, this team has so many weapons, it really could go anywhere. Yeah, and I'm my one concern, though, for this team is we saw Jamal Williams and, De- and DeAndre Swift have really big weeks last week, so, and what we saw to the Packers last week, I mean, they couldn't stop. They really couldn't stop the run. And that's, that's always been one of the things with them. That's been a thing. And now, I mean, new, new D coordinator, Joe Barry has some decisions. He's got to make come, come this week. I mean, first thing you got Kevin King. What do you want to do with him? We saw him get burned twice last week. So that's interesting there. And then we got to see what adjustments he wants to make to the run. Like you mentioned, Zedaria Smith's out. So there's some questions on what they want to do. Against the run this week, maybe I don't know. You got to tighten the box, but I, I, the one thing that the the Saints were able to they, they got to the outside quite a bit with Alvin Kamara. So, and then also another thing was with scrambling of 
Jameis Winston. So there's a lot of things you got to stop with the running game that worries me with the Packers. That's why me saying 14 still is like, I hope it, I hope it's that, but I, I could see the Lions putting up three or four touchdowns against this Packers defense. And it would be a split backfield for sure. I mean, you're not going to see Swift just get four touchdowns. I don't think Williams knows this Packer team very, very well. He'll figure it out if he needs to. You really don't have to worry about their quarterback moving on the run as much as Winston, which is good. But it's also nice to see Aaron Rodgers get mobile and move around once in a while. I don't think we'll be seeing that anytime soon. He's afraid. Now lately, I feel like he's been afraid to run the ball because on that third and eight or whatever it was on the play that we didn't, I don't even remember last year, Aaron Rodgers had a wide open hole in that game against the Buccaneers but decided not to run and throw it instead. And that kind of opened people's eyes like, eh. This guy doesn't really want to run anymore. So anything else? No, I think now it's time for baseball. I do have to mention, I saw something about like the Packers defensive line coach being out due to COVID protocols or something like that. So there was someone else that they had out that just came to mind. I don't remember exactly who it is, but that is that Brewers. Let's talk about them here. Score as we are recording. It is now three to two Cubs lead. In this game. So we'll break it down real quick. Yeah. Manny Pena had a homer. Escobar had a homer. That was in the second for Pena. Third for Escobar. Their Cubs scored their first run in the third. And then Ian Happ hit a two-run shot to make it 3-2. Corbin Burns, perfect to start through two. But he is slumping right now in this game. But obviously, we'll know what happened by then. Drew won the predictions challenge. We knew this all the way back, back on September 15th. We knew this, which is ridiculous. Tigers beat the Brewers twice, which I was not a fan of. 1-0 and 4-1. to Brewers then that big comeback from behind win over the Cubs, as we talked about earlier on. And then hopefully this past weekend, Saturday, Sunday, they handled the Cubs. But other than that, I don't know how much you want to talk about these games that happened, but they do have a tough week coming up. So the floor is yours. They really do, Jordan. But yeah, the, just to talk about the two games against the Tigers, I just want to say one thing about it. Um, Brewers three and eleven versus the Tigers. Who was it? It was the Tigers, Royals, and Twins. They were three eleven against yes. them this year, and that is who cares? None of those teams are going to make the playoffs, but that is just one of those stats. Hey, it's and that's baseball. also one of those things. Like, well, none of those teams are making the playoffs, so it makes it even worse. Yeah, yet they played pretty well against the White Sox this year, and it's like, oh, okay, but I, it's just that's just baseball, you know you. You beat the good teams, you lose to the bad teams sometimes. That's kind of what the Brewers have been doing with the AL, regarding the AL Central. But um, that Friday night's game, I just want to mention briefly, I, Adrian Hauser was pitching, and what we saw out of him, we saw I mean, it was kind of classic Adrian Hauser. He, I mean, he was really good in the month of September, but he gave up some runs, and it was basically because he does what he, he did what he did best. He limits hard contact, but sometimes that hard contact is going to fall land for a base hit. And that's kind of what happened here. He gave up four runs, I believe in four, what was it? Five innings, something like that. Was it four? It was, I think he made it. I think he made it end up making like four and a third or something, but okay. yeah, it was, it was something like that, but that's the one thing with Hauser and just being a ground ball pick pitcher. We see with Anderson as well. I mean, those guys that are going to have really good starts or they're going to have starts kind of like this, because I mean, with the strikeout, with not being able to get many strikeouts, I mean, you, you're required to kind of let the guys put the ball in play and just let your fielders work. And when that happens, I mean, the ball will end up falling rather than, I mean, with Corbin Burns, we see him. I mean, he's eight strikeouts right now, even though he's given up some runs, but that's kind of his bread and butter there is just 
getting guys to swing and miss, not letting them hit the ball at all in play. So I just think Friday night, I, I thought it was a good game by the Brewers comeback with by Colton Wong. And yeah, this team looks really, really good come playoff time, which right now they're sitting. Let's see what they're sitting at here, Jordan. They're sitting at 90 and 57. They're 12 and a half games up now. And St. Louis is the team in second, which happened this week. They kind of, with the stat you mentioned, they kind of leapfrogged the Reds there. And yeah, now we got the Reds and the Padres looking from the outside of the wild card because right now it's Dodgers, Cardinals. And that's something you told me a month ago, the Cardinals would be in that wild card spot. I tell you, you are crazy. Oh, and the Padres would be out of it too. You'd yeah, be that's... like, whoa. But at the time of recording, Brewers' magic number to clinch a playoff spot is two, and the magic number to clinch the division is four. So Cubs lost would actually, it wouldn't hurt that, but it would just make things a little tougher and have to work a little harder because coming up this week, guys, it is a hefty schedule. Obviously the Cardinals, but this is a hot Cardinals team. I mean, they're firing on all cylinders. They're 77 and 69. And then they play the Mets, who have a losing record right now, but they're still the Mets, and it's a three-game series at home. We know this is the final homestand of the year. That's between the Cardinals and Mets series. So, Drew, you are now ahead 12-10 to 10 in the Predictions Challenge, and you have the floor. It's all yours. Go first with this seven-game week. I got, yeah, like you said, seven games. We got Thursday's game on YouTube, by the way, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We got some big giveaways for Fan Appreciation Week, Sunday especially. Bobby Uecker talking bobblehead. As cool as it gets, but okay, here we go. That, that is pretty awesome, though. Oh, also, we, we should mention Ryan Braun officially. officially I was going to mention that, now. too. Okay, good. So here we go. Seven games, Cardinals, Mets. You know what? I think they take two out of three from the Mets. They might even sweep the Mets there, and then I'm going to go five and two. I'm going to say, Whoa. yeah, I, I like this team. I You lose. I, I'm sh- I think we see Wainwright this week. I think we lose against him, and then. I don't know who we lose against the Mets, so maybe we lose against them too. But I'm gonna go five and two, Jordan. This team's firing all cylinders right now. It's Craig Tober right now. That's kind of how it works here. It's almost Craig Tober is what I mean. Almost Craig Tober right now. But yeah, Craig Tober is approaching soon, is what I meant. But yeah, I think five and two is the right way to go here. I am gonna easily go four and three. Then I think they split with the Cardinals. And I, I don't know, say Hater gives up a walk-off late in the game or something. You never know what could happen, and then you lose to Wainwright as well. And then you probably take two out of three in that Mets series. But, I mean, you never know what happens. Mets could sweep the Brewers if something goes wrong. Obviously, we don't want that to happen. And Brewers should have good pitchers for that series now. Burns pitching. Yeah, so Brewers should be fine against the Mets. But then last last week of the year, Cardinals and Dodgers, and that's it. And then it's time for Craig Tober, as you said. So, Anything else for the Brewers then? Go five and two, four and three. I'm going to look to try and make it 11 12 and then potentially tie 12 12 to end the year. Yeah, I don't think you will. But so what we got here is I just want to mention one more thing with Ryan Braun. September 14th, we know he announced his retirement after he played in the pandemic shortened season, the 60 game schedule. And he's 37 now already. So it, make, it makes sense. But he, he waited a little bit. He did, he did look old in that video. And yeah, yeah, I just think. With him being away from the game, he finally decided, you know, it was the best thing he could do for his family, and that's what he did. And September 26th is also the day he's going to be at Miller Park, or American Family Field, how dare I? But, yeah, so he'll be at American Family Field then. So I'm, I'll be there as well cheering him on. But, Jordan, I got you. I got one quick question before we go to trivia. All right, all right. Does his number get retired? What's your answer? Go. I think, yes, it'll be controversial by some people who aren't Brewer fans. 
And even some Brewer fans might, might not be a big fan, but I think indeed it does get retired. I think it's an obvious yes. I think because yes. he's, I mean, he's top three in like all the offensive categories. Without hesitation, it's a yes. But I was reading some articles on the athletic. There's, there's a lot of controversy. I mean, a lot yeah, of the, that's the only issue with it. Yeah. A lot of media says, well, I just said obvious yes. But a lot of the fans we see, a lot of the older fans, especially, is what I noticed. The longtime Brewer fans. Longtime Brewer fans. They were they were not happy with it. They were they thought him cheating, disgrace to the game, shouldn't be honored by the team is kind of their philosophy, which I, I see how people stand by that. But at the same time, you gotta look what he did for this franchise. He was there all 14 years. He gave back to the community while he was here. And I just think everything he's done for the city of Milwaukee needs to be honored in American family field. So that's kind of my stand on it, but yeah, I mean, no, that's kind I, of my last thing. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, this is a bad comparison, but that's almost like Packer fans saying we shouldn't retire Rogers number because he gets traded this year and does terrible in us in the first five games and like gives up on us, obviously different scenario, but still it's just fans being a little butthurt about certain things that ultimately don't matter at the end of the day. So the wheel is spinning. Yes. And let's do it. Will we see Drew's choice for the first time ever? We do not. It is all-time NFL statistics. Oh, no. So that is the category. Oh, no. It's, don't worry. It, they're all like multiple choice, basically. So it's not the end of the world. I'm not asking you straight up. Let's start with a true or false. True or false. Emmett Smith holds the record for most touchdowns of all time. False. It is false. Do you have any clue who is Tomlinson. LaDainian Tomlinson. No, Close. Jerry, Jerry Smith or Jerry Rice. Why did I say Jerry, Jerry Rice. Smith? Jerry Rice has most receipt, most touchdowns as a receiver. 208. Wow. Okay. Yes. That's, I was a lot. I was shocked by that as well. So let's go to running back now. All time rushing. Where does Adrian Peterson rank? Third, fifth or eighth? Third. It is fifth. Actually, <sighs> I couldn't tell you who's in front of him. I made this a while ago, but he is fifth place all time in rushing one of two start next question true or false the all-time sack leader i won't say who true or false he has exactly 200 sacks i'm gonna say true it is true bruce smith all-time sack leader has exactly 200 i thought maybe you'd get thrown off there because that's kind of crazy how it turned out to be that but next now, I need you to name some players, but I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility. I think this is pretty straightforward. Name three of the top five players for all-time touchdown passes. Okay, Tom Brady. Correct. Drew Brees. There you go. Those are the easy two. Peyton Manning. There you go. You got them. One, Let's go. One, two, three. I could have put that earlier in here. I got the top three. Yes, those are the top three. Let's go. And then Brett Favre and Philip Rivers round that out. I believe I have it in order. Final question relates to these two. As we said, how many pass completions separate Drew Brees to Tom Brady? Is it 199? Is it 364? Or is it 502? Keep in mind, I did this before the season. So week ones and two of the NFL season do not count. How many pass completions separate them? 199. 199. It is 364. <sighs> it's in the middle. I so, knew it was close. I didn't know how it, close. So 7,142 for Brady, and then 6,778 
for Breeze. And like usual, you wind up with a 3 out of 5, 12 of 20 now to start season 3. Not bad. 60%. That's kind of where I, my, that's how where I go. you always are. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the average. So not bad at all. We still have MLB MVP winners, grab bag, and college bowl games to get to, and then we'll figure out some other fun ones to put in there as well. So yeah, that is everything. Episode 28 in the books. You got anything else or you want to shout yourself out? Yeah, we'll do the usual Instagram, Twitter, you know the drill, Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Participate in our Packer Predictions Challenge here tonight. That'll be on Instagram. All you got to do is leave a comment, guys. Super, super easy. YouTube, Jordan and Drew, the sports group. Facebook, Jordan and Drew, the sports group. And then Apple Podcast. Follow us. Leave a five-star review on there. I'm on Twitter, JordanLaw underscore PXP. I'll be on WOMT this Friday. Ships once again at home. So that'll be fun. And otherwise, that's all we got. Thank you all for listening to episode 28 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.